For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Hey, welcome to On My Block, the Green Bay Packer podcast. I'm your host, Ramon Green. I'm along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wallman. Mike, how you doing? Doing good, brother. We got some. I say I said I had a good weekend. Like we were just talking, and then I wake up to, oh, what the hell is going on? You know, yeah. to to NFL news and the verdict coming out on Deshaun Watson. We'll get to that later. But I just want to be like, oh, I was ready for more, you know, Packer talk football because we're in the past now. I could hear the the enthusiasm of the analysts when I'm you know doing my homework of because the, the pads are on right now. Right. So what's that? What's that mean? You talking about pads are on? What does that mean to us as players? That day one, when we strap on the helmets, we're putting the shoulder pads on, putting the thigh pads in the, in the pants and, and, and knee pads if you warm. What's that first day of pads mean to us? Mean to well, you? I tell you what, especially an offensive defensive lineman, you know, the it's kind of a catch twenty two because you can get you can get remarkably better with your hands and your footwork without using you know hat and helmet and pads. Mm-hmm. But the level of violence. After that first day of pads, like the, you just realize, like wow, this is nothing like anything we've been doing up until then. No. And and if you're doing it right, and if you're trying to you're actually trying to work your craft and get better, you should be sore after that first day of pads because the, you just throw your body everywhere. You're a lot more helmet contact, helmet to helmet contact. As far as even when we're kind of going together in the trenches, mm-hmm. yep. um, everything's just a little bit more accentuated. But, you know, like, again, when I kind of go back and forth now with, with I love pads, but pads are only as good as you're willing to practice. Like, if you're willing to practice 100%. hard, you're going to get a lot out of it. If you've got guys that are out there, and we see this, like, depending, I was on a team, and I remember in Carolina, when I first got to Carolina, I was used to how we played in Green Bay. Right. And I went to Carolina, and I remember, like, Dan Morgan and Will Witherspoon, like, after day two, they're like, hey, man, we can't practice that way here. I was like, what you talking about? He's like, we will literally die if you because we're in South Carolina, Spartanburg, and we were doing two days. Right. John Fox has you in full pads as, as often as he could, you know. So you right. had pads on every single practice, two and a half hours out there. And they were like, dude, we will literally die if you keep doing this. Oh, um, and I yeah. was like, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. But exactly. after a while, you're like, you're like, we're gonna die out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. and so it's it's but it's so much fun. Like it's really what you know, for guys like you and me. Pads are why we're in the game. Like I don't want to play seven on seven. I don't want. I don't want to put pillow. I want to hit somebody. I want somebody to like. I, this is where you. I, this is my yes. test of wills. This is my test of wills against you. Yeah, and I know it, you feel that way. Oh yeah, I'm. That's why I'm laughing. That's why I'm like praise. Like I'm doing almost the praise the the Lord symbol because that day of first pass for me, like you just said. All the linebackers that was trash talking in helmets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's up now? I said, now you wanna you wanna do oh AG, I would have I would have blew you up. All right. Now we could do it. We have so many pretenders, <laughs> even and this is crazy, yes. right? And I'm not yeah. like bad mouth. Like, listen, we everyone has a good day and a bad day. 
But even at the the level of the National Football League, there are so many. Uh-huh. I call them studio gangsters, pretend tough guys. Like Perfect whatever you name. want to talk to them, right? Perfect name. And studio they will talk, gangsters. They Bam. will talk so much trash when the pads are come on. And then you got those guys. And Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn Johnson's got a name for them where they're like, I forgot what it's called. Like you're basically walking around the pile inspectors. You're a oh, PI yeah. pile inspector, right? Pile inspector. Like, you're never okay. really like in the pile. You're always kind of showing up a little bit late. Yep. And those guys, it's the, it is the best when they're like a first-round draft pick, second-round mm-hmm. draft pick, big talker, come in. Like, they got, like, all the stuff on their – like, they got the accessories and all this BS. And it's like they show up on pad day. It's like they pull up lame. They got a calf cramp. They got to let – you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. They can't come with it. Oh, dude. Those it's are some of the memories that, like, when I think of, like – Everybody thinks we like remember games and all this stuff, dude. I remember this stuff. This is the fun stuff for me. Yeah, day one was pads, and then we got between you guys, the big guys, oh. offense D line. I just sit back. I wait. I'm like, I, I could like. I remember about year five here. I could look at my watch if I had one on. I could look at the clock. I was like, a fight's about to go down. Yeah. I said, I know it's going to happen day one. It always does. It's always the big guys. Cause guys, they hot and bothered. And now this is the first day of physical. Um, it happens. But like to your studio gangsters too. Then I'll be like, okay, especially to the speaking to the offense, the wide receivers, because those are guys talk the most. I'm like, oh, you ain't going over the middle now, aren't you? You know, I remember in, in minicamp, you caught that slant, you did it to the DB, and then boom, you scooted it out of there. Oh, why you ain't coming over the middle now? <laughs> you know, I'm like, all that trash talking. I said, no, nah, it's caught up to they're like, yeah, gee, I gotta, I gotta slow it down a little bit, running my we didn't, my bad, you know. We didn't have <laughs> We didn't have like Donald Driver was like Donald Driver's a tough guy, yeah, but he's not a tough guy, you know. What I mean, like, he's, yeah. he's got a smile on his face, he's not talking a lot of trash, but he, he knows go over the middle, he, he knows over the middle, like, he's a tough guy, like that. Like, I have so much respect for him, but like, I played with this dude, I played with this dude, Steve Smith in Carolina. Oh, no, yes, bro. Mm-hmm. You could set your clock every time, if like, transition helmet comes on, he's beating somebody up, pads come on <laughs> for like the first, like. The first couple days, it really? Was like guarant- oh, dude, guaranteed he was going after a rookie, Ken Lucas, when he came up free. Right. Like, yeah. He tried to fight Ken Lucas every day. Like, Ken Lucas grew up in front of everybody, and he got a big contract, and like he was coming from Seattle. He was a good player. Yeah. But he got everybody's respect, like, two or three weeks into training camp where he was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And he went back after Steve because Steve was, like, beating him up every day. Right. I mean, every single day it was like, what time is it? It's like – I uh, mean, everybody grab their water because Steve's about to throw down again. Yeah, like, get your popcorn ready, right? That dude was absolutely not. And so you talk about these receivers being tough guys. Yeah, that was. I, I've really met like one who was just okay. This dude's absolutely nuts. I could see that. I could see Steve. You want to? You want to do this? Uh, Bet online. One of our online. Sponsors, yeah, man. One so, of our sponsors of the show. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development including NBA Summer League, who's going to watch that, maybe not me, Major League Baseball, latest fighting news. Dude, there was an amazing fight this weekend, Lioness versus Pena. Even next uh, season's early NFL futures, we talked about that last week. I'll be interested to see, actually, I need to get on this right now. And we didn't talk about gaming. They have gaming, AG. Yes, we did. We did. We did. We did. We did last week. Yep. Yep. So so head to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today to receive your 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50 to cent, well, 50% welcome bonus is a ridiculous amount of money, ridiculous opportunity. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So now we with that, we head into some Packer news. And we got what I saw. I was at practice on Thursday, Mike, mm-hmm. and I saw some good stuff. 
all around offense, defense. And what really perked my eyebrows up was uh, Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada. I know he's talking about him. Yeah. Like I said, we were just talking about pads, right? Okay. We're not in the pads yet. It was still a helmet day, but for him and watching his route running and how he's setting up the DBs to get that little space, it was a red zone. So they're like on the, you know, the line of scrimmage is like five then three and then goal line. So So they're tight space. And he's working in tight spaces against the first corner was one of the rookie corners. And then the second one, I believe it was, um, um, the kid out of Georgia from last year, um, mm-hmm. Stokes. It was mm-hmm. Stokes the second time. Both he's going to be a great player in this league. Exactly. Yep. Both times using the little space that he has. He's running a, one of them, you know, what they what the receiver's doing. It's a corner out, but it's, you know, it's tight. And sometimes you got to flatten it out. And that's what you see. He comes off the ball. He gives him something. Gets, he, he gets straight. He gets forward, gets up the field, and then stair steps him at the top. Just that enough space for Aaron to get the ball in on both throws both balls were from Aaron and in that sort of it was ball where it's supposed to be and then he's getting the ball and then securing it the whole time because you know the DB is going to try to squat at it to see that that does for me no surprise because of what he's done at the college level having the awards having it you know leading the the FBS and yardage receiving and things that what he did at Nevada so that for me day one of in pads or in I'm not pads in helmets doing what he did I like that and that just, you know, answers questions and something that I already knew that, like, yeah, you lose Devontae. Yeah, that's okay. That's this football. It's adjustments, it's injuries, it's, it's free right. agency. That's going to happen. We just work next guy up. Who's next on deck? Who's going to show up and make those type of plays that we're looking at what I saw on Thursday? And, and, you know, to your point, that room, all the young guys in that room, regardless, we talk about Lazard going into his third year. We talk mm-hmm. about dogs. Christian Washington's hurt right now. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, these guys are with the best player in football, right? Like, yes. and, and arguably, you know, whether it's you talk about Mahomes, talk about Tom Brady, like from a football mind, from being, you're taking a PhD course every time you're on the field when you were there in Rogers, man. Mm-hmm. So these receivers are going to be detailed. They're going to be like, you can't help. You won't survive if you don't learn and learn fast. Right. So these guys, the expectation, I think for these guys, and you know, everybody wants to make this big, well, we lost Devontae. What are we going to do? Like Aaron Rodgers has already shown that he can have success. And I know we're talking early, early right now. But he can, early, he's yeah, shown right. that he's had success in games without Devontae Adams. Why? Because he's Aaron Rodgers. Because he can make people play better. And yeah. all he's going to do with a guy like Dobbs or hopefully when Christopher Washington get, Watson gets back, he's going to accentuate their strengths. He's going to help them with their weaknesses. He's going to improve their capabilities. He's going to improve vastly, vastly improve their confidence. More so 100%. than anybody else in that in that. And I think that's that's paramount right yeah, there. It's the confidence of that matters. player. Yep, confidence of that player because then all they know is they figure out. Oh wait a minute, I just got to run routes. He's going to throw me open. He's going to mm-hmm. throw the ball when I'm open. If he doesn't throw me the ball, that means I'm not open. So then just do my just do me. And then when a player could just be uh, be 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 monofocus, focus on one thing, then they'll play better because they're not thinking about a whole bunch of hundred things going on. And then we move on to the young kid from North Dakota State, uh, Christian Watson. You know, I saw him when I went there. He was in the knee sleeve, mm-hmm. doing the rehab stuff, riding the bike. But um, I don't, I don't think he's going to be something big. And being on the shelf right now, to me, it's like that's fine. You know, it's it's not a it's not an end breaker, not a deal breaker, other than learning the plays playbook wise, getting in the film. As long as he's watching film, I, I know he's doing it because the coach is going to say get in there. If anything, that's the time having this rehab time for him to get in there and watch film and break it down. 
Yeah, but listen, we've both been injured in the preseason. It depends. Like later on in your mm-hmm. career, it matters less and less. I would just yep. say this right now because of the situation. Obviously, um, if Dobbs is doing really well, he is now taking reps away from Watson. Correct. And he's not only taking reps away today, literally, he's now taking them away three weeks from now and hopefully whenever Watson comes back from his scope. Right. So that's the only thing if I'm sitting in his camp, like I'm not freaking out either because I know I got a long career ahead of me, but there is a, there are positions to be had right now and you can't make them sitting on the sideline, especially if you have no experience. Hopefully he gets better soon, but you know, it's exciting to talk about all these other guys. Anyways, Lazard's yeah. looking like a number one receiver. Dobbs is doing mm-hmm. well. So we got, I mean, the biggest question is really like, when are we going to get all these guys back? Right. Bakhtiari. Right. Like, when are we going to get it? That, that whole thing we talked about last week, it's, mm-hmm. it's really tough, but we got Robert Tunyon still out. Jenkins is still out. Christian Watson's still out. There yep. are weapons on this side that we don't have answers to yet. And this happens every year. And it's better this happens in is. preseason than it is in week four or week six. Yeah, it's season starting in know. October and going into no, early November. That, that's, that's a bad time. So right now it's okay. And I say, if anything, another another layer to add on top of that, it just raises the competition. Because yeah. a kid like Romeo Dobbs, Winfrey, the other young receivers, Rodgers too, uh, Amari Rodgers, those guys in the room were like, oh, you know, okay, I, I got time to put some work in. You know, I haven't heard about Amari Rodgers. Did you see anything interesting from him? No, nothing, 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 nothing that just popped up that surprised me. But, you know, he was doing special teams as usual. But then running his routes, what I saw just looking, you know, normal nothing that was like oh wow like he well, the kid like dropped he, 16 pounds i think you mean, that i know he came in yeah he came in yes. a little soft last year so yeah so that part he did he did look slim he looked good so from a standpoint even in again, another guy that looked good didn't see him just more technique being more technical was uh, uh zaire alexander seeing him on the field was yeah, a nice relief good. it's nice to see because you know what he can do you know that quarterbacks don't want to throw to his side He's physical, and you saw him being physical, especially with his shoulders, because that's where the injury happened. I saw him moving around with, you know, cycling receivers past him in zone coverage, stuff like that, watching him. So I know he's getting comfortable and building that confidence back in his body and back in his game there. And that so. kind of that kind of goes into what we wanted to talk about is, is you know, I this certainly wasn't the case when you and I were there. Mm-hmm. And this might be the first time in a long time where, you know, par on par, defense might be better than the offense. Yes. If you look at, if you just look at, I know we have the two-time reigning MVP, but if you look at all the other pieces and the injuries on offense, especially, you look at everything that we have on defense on all three levels. Mm-hmm. The defense might be. It'll be interesting to see how pads go today. It'll be interesting to see how much is kind of baked into the offense winning because that happens with coaching staffs a lot as well. But yeah. you know, right now, if you look on paper, like, and it's not a bad thing. It is not a bad thing at all because you still have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But having a defense that is maybe dominant in the early stages of, of training camp, because AG remember when you go to a training camp, you expect the defense to be better early on because of the sync, the, the timing and, and, and the way that we have to sync up from receiver to quarterback sector, yes. et cetera, the timing of blocks. But shoot, man, when we were there, I mean, the offense was always like a lot better than the defense. So from day yeah. one, we would, we would dominate. Yep. And yep. I think that went through most of the you know the time with Brett, most or maybe not early on with Brett, with you know when those guys first showed up because we had a top two defense. But with Aaron, it's you know, for the most part they've been kind of top dog every week, year in year and out. And this isn't a bad situation at all for those guys to have to struggle a little bit, especially that young offensive line right now missing some starters. Yeah, missing some starters. Like I said, that's the time for young players or any player that matter come in, get those reps in, 
watch film, break it down, take the notes, be the, take those detailed notes so to just make them help them get better individually as a player. When a guy like Jenkins and Bukatari is out, Yash Nyman, uh, Cole Van Nyman, who's a you know local kid here, Rashid Walker, the Caleb Jones, those guys can use that time for themselves. And the coach Stefanovic can then you know get into dig his nails into them understandingly because they got they're on the field right now. Because obviously coaches obviously want to work with the players that are on the field, you know, that are healthy. But no, in the in the back of his head, when uh, you know Dave becomes online, when he gets online, then he you know he could go back to those players there and they have you know getting everybody. And then and then you got a big room, you got a good room from everybody coming in here. So now we're going into trench warfare, and then we're talking you know already about the pads. Um, so uh, anything else you want to cover there before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, just if we're talking about the offensive line, I think it's interesting yeah. that they they kind of switched up. Uh, some of the starting the starting units. Zach Tom got to play left tackle, starting unit left mm-hmm. tackle. I think day two, Jake Hanson was in there at right guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royce was out at right tackle. I mean, obviously, once you get a Jenkins back, which it sounds like he's going to come back before Bakhtiari, it kind of solves a lot of these problems. Yeah. But listen, man, like we know that Zach Tom is an elite level athlete, and he's getting the chance to play at a young, at, you know, early on in his career. Jake Hanson. We haven't mm-hmm. seen anything from Sean Ryan yet. At least he's he's playing second team guard right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if he gets in there and gets an opportunity to start, uh, at least play in the first team right guard. Right. Um, knowing that Myers and JRJ are going to be the, the, the starting center and left guard respectively, and then we'll kind of see how everything else plays out. But having all of these young guys right now, what's really amazing to me, AG, honestly, is mm-hmm. the quality of offensive line play has gone down in the league as far as what the expectations are for guys coming out of college. Yeah, but because of the surrounding pieces that you have around, because of the great job that Green Bay's always done historically drafting players that are kind of ready made to play and get mm-hmm. be developed, and then the development job that they do, even in even in the spring with no pads on, for a guy like Zach Tom to be able to walk in and start at left tackle in, in, in a practice at this level, and for a guy like Jake Hansen, who <clears throat> By all accounts, was like lucky to be on practice squad. You know when he got drafted sixth round, I think last year. Right. Royce Newman can move around left guard or right guard, right tackle. Like, there's something to be said because a lot of teams just can't do that, man. That's no. why. That's one of the reasons we talked about last 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 week. We love to talk about skill position players, but dude, you look at like teams that are really successful have good offensive, defensive, have good boxes, right? Yeah. Running backs to linebackers, like they're stacked. And yep. this team is always really good in the in the trenches because they do a great job of drafting and developing talent. Yeah, and and that's the thing you have to do as coaches, you know, or and it's from the scouting department to the coaches. Once the scouting department scouts them out, then they get them in the building. Then it's up to the coaches to see, okay, this is a, you know, one in a generation talent. I don't have to do much. He has all the tools. Now let's just teach. Let me just teach him the few find mechanics that he's going to know it and need to use at the NFL level level or if is is he a guy we, we have to put some work in you know we're going to coach him up a little bit you know get in that get that time you know make sure he watches film watch a guy in front of him watch a veteran or what have you so you didn't you understand that as coach you kind of figure out oh this is what I got and the good thing is you got a lot of players you got a lot of, of front all you know, all the offense alignment that are there they have been you know from last season which I which we watched They've been around the circle. They've been in every position that they needed because they were rotating through injuries once John Smyers went back. So I say it's a good spot for this offensive line and say for this team going into training camp. Hey, let me ask, let me ask you out. a question, AG. Yep. <clears throat> now you just said something that was like kind of piqued my interest because I, I deal with this a little bit. So right. if if you if you had a once in, in a generation talent, or let's just say you had an all pro caliber talent, 
Pro Bowl caliber talent at running back, which I mean, right. it's like, okay, Aaron Mavis, Aaron Jones. Right. If you're running that room, how do you treat that person? I treat him with respect, but I'm going to dig in on him too. Yes. Because I want him to get better. And I'm going to tell him that. I say, look, I know you're, you're this. Mm-hmm. You got all that sitting on your shelf at home. I get that. But you can always get better. I'm not going to, you know, I'm always, like I said, I'm going to come at him on a level mind, a level set. I'm not going to, you know, degrade him or anything like that. But like, yeah, you've done this, but look what you could do with the knowledge and the stuff I could teach you or whatever, or what you want to learn. you got to want it more than me, basically, because I'm going to want it for you. I want you to be an all pro every year, just that and the other, but you got to want it just as much as me coaching you. So I will say that to him. And that's what yeah. I, that's, the type, that's how I coach. That's how I will coach a top player. Basically, it's what what has been amazing to me, not only when I was playing, but now out of, you know, and then coaching, but now out of the league and working with guys mm-hmm. is you get some of these guys that are talented enough, or maybe it's a contract who knows, but coaches just literally stop coaching them. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about Green Bay. I'm talking about around the league, around the league. Coaches I know you're talking about yep. coaching. This happened. This happened to me at, at, at you know, at, to a certain extent mm-hmm. uh, when, when I got when I left and became a free agent you stop getting coached because they, I, I, they just, maybe they think it's just something that's off their plate. Maybe they think they don't want to mess up with how good you're doing, you know, whatever right. it is. But it's like good. And what people don't understand is like, if you're a good player, man, I want you to coach me. I want you to coach. Right. I, I know everything. And most, and most of the good players, even, you know, I can't speak on guys that have been in the league for 15 years now. Cause life's a little bit different. I think when you get to a certain point, mm-hmm. but shoot, man, I played for 11 years. And I'm like, I remember in my, eighth ninth tenth like i want you to coach me i want you to tell me what i'm doing wrong so i can make i want to be the best version of me and it's amazing even at this level whether it's an ego thing whether it's a time thing who knows but there's a lot of coaches that actually don't coach the talent they have in the room and they just yeah. assume they're going to get along with the athletic but it's a, it's a damn shame to be honest with you it is a damn shame like i looked at it when i started seeing it be at seattle my second year in the league to me it looked like a coach at those times, we're saying, like you said, it's a time thing. I ain't got time for this. Right. I need you to be like this now. Why don't you understand this? Why you don't understand that? And it's like, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're the coach. You're supposed to coach him on that. That's what the time is here in meetings and film. When we do our individuals, I'm like saying, I never said it out loud because I was in a second year player. But in my head, I'm like, because I know in Nebraska, that's what they did. They they would coach us up. They would berate us. But then they'll say, okay, this is how you're going to. What you gonna do to get better? This what what you gonna do not to make that same mistake twice? And this is how you have better technique to block him, cut block him, protect the ball, whatever you gotta do to do that. And I think it's a time thing. And people, I think, and also another thing, just throw it out there: these coaches worried about their jobs. They up there thinking, oh, you are gonna get me fired? I'm like, because I've heard those conversations. I'm like, no, you're right. It's just interesting, right? It's because you just think like, I. I mean, for me, because listen, teams are willing to take credit for that guy doing well. A hundred percent. Right? Like their social media is going to blast them all over this their social media pages. But it's like, man, I, I'd like to really contribute to making that guy's best version of himself. One exactly. guy I would love. One guy, and I'm not a D line coach. One guy I would love to coach on this team is Rashawn Gary. And it sounds and it sounds like already this he's he's making his presence known. I That's think good. Matt said a couple of days ago, like, hey, he could have four sacks today and. Yeah, he he's just a guy that can wreck practice, and I'm so excited. Like I just think I followed a couple of things that he was doing in the offseason as far as how mm-hmm. hard he works, the time he puts in. Like right. I'm so excited for him to be that game plan guy this year. I just I like 
I just see that coming. We talked about it all year last year. And it's just, I, I can't, from an offensive line's preparation room and what it does to wreak havoc on an offensive coordinator's ability to call plays, yeah, having a guy that you're just like, man, we are in a lot of trouble if we try to single him up with the right tackle. Like that is a huge, huge opportunity for Green Bay to take that next step just by that one player working so hard in the offseason. So I'm thrilled to see his progress and, and continue to watch his progress. Yeah, I watched his drills too. He did a really good job. Real quick, Mike, you're, yeah. if you got a lot of slack in your uh, wire, fold it behind your shoulder real quick. Yep. Let's put that because I know we're on camera here. Just want something a little a little habit. So if you're ever live, make sure you put that cable behind you. But my oh, friend, helping you out there. So I guess we're ready to forget off my lawn. And oh. we got some good topics here, bro. He's so good. <laughs> some good topics here. Uh so I'm I'll put this one in here because when I turned on the tube, I have NFL network now. And this was what they were all talking about. And they're still talking about it three hours later. Is that Sean Watson's verdict hit the hit the news lines everywhere? Um the only the one thing I, I'm gonna say, make it real, real sweet and quick. The NFL cannot have this linger around for the first month of the season. You know, we already know the victims, we already know the people, the players involved. But this was something from a league standpoint that if they let this linger for now and the month of September, it isn't for a fan base that loves the game. It, it will be a little, I say, rough start to the season. So that, I would just throw that out there. So <clears throat> I mean, there's just so much with this that mm-hmm. is is like is la- almost laughable right yes um if if i l- listen just for me personally if i believed that i had absolutely done nothing wrong nothing wrong mm-hmm. right and i know you feel this way too i would never settle out of court correct 100%. and so i and we're all taking our biases in to a little bit to he said she said all these things that happened because we right. really, you know, we really can't. We don't know the facts, and I, we're not lawyers. Right. But what, what we do know is what kind of makes sense, like what passes the smell test, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. The fact that they settled with twenty three out of twenty four plaintiffs out of court, and then they bring in, and the, and then the NFLPA. Uh, here's the biggest, the, the biggest farce of the whole thing. When they came up with the la- the last collective bargaining agreement, the NFLPA allowed the NFL to have ultimate veto power or appeal authority over anything that happens. Mm. So the NFLPA right now is saying, listen, we don't want Roger Goodell and his group to, to deliberate and make a decision on, on the Deshaun Watson trial. And then they bring up all the things that all rightfully so that all the owners have been through recently and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so they go, we want an independent council to, to take over this, um, this case and so they they went and got an independent counsel, and, and I, or, uh, I forgot her last name now, came up mm-hmm. with a, a six-game suspension, which to me doesn't sound right at all, honestly, just because you've, you've damaged this, regardless of whether you're innocent or guilty. Like, right. this has been a talking point. It's a black yeah. eye on the shield. The shield's really the only thing that matters. Like, when we think Aaron Rodgers matters, Deshaun Watson matters, Tom Brady matters, Lamar Jackson, dude, they don't matter. The NFL will be there tomorrow if they all quit. And, I mean, it's true. We all no, you're right. You're right. We all think if you and I stop doing this, if ESPN goes offline, the NFL will still be playing. They'll still be making money. They'll still have fans. Yeah. Right. And so for me, the thing that's interesting now is the NFL PA is probably happy with only six games. I think that's along the lines of what they thought they were going to get. 100%. That's what I've been hearing and what I am from my understanding as well. But Roger Goodell and the NFL 
have the ability to appeal this, and when they appeal it, the person hearing the appeal is Roger Goodell. Yep. So after all of this, like we're only halfway through what really could happen. And when you talk about lingering on mm -hmm. and it continues, it can go further and further and further. And it's just another like, well, the NFLPA, like, dude, you signed the contract. This is what, you know, we're in this, this situation again. And yep. the, one th the last thing I'll say about this AG, because I, the whole thing's kind of, again, like it's a really tough thing when we start talking about uh, sexual misconduct. Correct. And it's obviously like, not only this, but we can go back with players. We can go back certainly with some ownership groups. Washington Commanders right now are in the middle of this stuff. Yeah, it's a really, really, it's a really, really sensitive subject. It is. It is. What what is always amusing to me with all of this stuff is we just kind of touched on it. Is this the NFL is literally only worried about like they're a company and you just you they're think of like a tradition. You think of traditional business, like who are the most what what is your what is your job as a CEO, which Roger Goodell essentially is? It right. is to create value for your shareholders, your owners. How do you do that? You increase your ticket sales, you increase your yeah. merchandise, you increase your TV revenue. Okay. Yeah. The NFL has done such a good job, whether it has been through how they are uh, promoting, you know, we're uh, reducing injuries by mm -hmm. we're making yeah. all these studies. With the player, uh, player safety. Player, player safety, players. whether it's th – and, and they're doing that. Why? So they can increase the amount of games that they can play and correct more TV revenue for the owners. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, it's, whether it's literally something as simple as, hey, we're going to kind of change the way we do the halftime show and we're going to bring in artists that might not appeal to the usual fan – but they might bring in other fans so we get more eyeballs on the halftime show. Right. So that why? So we can sell more ad revenue. Everything they is. do is, is business is business is business centric and focused specifically on how can we squeeze the most amount of revenue out of the most amount of people. And what what we always when these things happen, we always fail to understand is like, well, are people gonna be mad about Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. But guess 100%. what? Those people are the question. The bar that Roger Goodell has to set is very simply: How much will these people take before they stop watching? And I, I can almost guarantee they're not going in to Cleveland outside. Of, there's a couple groups that aren't going to watch the NFL that might not watch them anyways. Yeah, but this is not going to affect viewership in Cleveland. It's not going to affect viewership across the country because no. this guy, you know, you know, had the massage therapist issue, like, and that's what is. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but it's kind of like laughable with all this stuff. We go, we go through this and through this and through yeah. this and through this. And it's like, none of these people really matter. The only thing that matters is, are you going to turn the TV on or not? And Correct. it's a, I know it's, it's a, it's a very callous way to look at the world, but like, that's really, that's what I it mean, is, man. But that's the truth. I mean, yeah. like you said, that is just the way it's, it's the business, unfortunately. And I say, get off my lawn with beating a dead horse. Cause we already know, you know, if people are going to be upset, people are going to be for it, against it, you know, shouting out, you know, making big statements on why they like the uh, the six-game suspension or, or it should have been longer. We're going to hear all of that. But just, Roger, NFL, make the decision what you're going to do so then we can move on with our with ourselves. You know, not trying to put no, you know, not trying to just shove it under the rug, but it's going to – it's been talked about enough. You know, hopefully they could get, uh, I, I say, a nice bowl on it and lock it in. So – Next, next uh, topic here, the Guardian caps. I was just I had to do the homework. I'm like, what are the guard? I got it now. Um, does it teach good technique or does it promote promote more helmet?
to helmet contact, so, Mike. So you, we're just you talking about players. Saying. We're just talking about player safety, right? We were so, just talking okay, about if it. If you're, if you're watching uh, the NFL uh, right now, especially in the first couple of days of camp, it's all the day. The, day. the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, anybody who ever has contact, they wear yeah. these like mushroom pads over their helmets. Okay. Yep. And of course, it's it's like putting a pillow on. So of course, the study will show. Well, if I hit you with helmet to helmet with this pad on, there's less contact and accumulation over time. Well, there's less contact. But what I think Frank Reich brought up uh, correctly yesterday is that when you, when you add protection to your head and your predilection is to hit with your head anyways, you're just going to hit with your head more. And for some some players. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, but it's such, it's like such nonsense. What they need to do is have a session where you actually leave the pads on, take your helmets off. Yeah, rugby right? style, baby. Rugby. Yeah, learn how to play, learn how to tackle the right way. Rugby players can tackle without, I mean, you can play offensive line, defensive line without your hat, you know, without your helmet. Yeah. You can learn to use your hands and feet better. All of this stuff works. When we add protective devices, you're just increasing the chance that I'm going to use that protective device because I'm not going to feel it as much. Right. Right. And so, I'm not like I'm not against the guardian pad, but I'm or I, but I am against the idea that putting protection on you is going to make you a better player or it's going to make you safer. Because in my estimation, the way I would play, I'd be like, oh, I can't feel this anymore. You know, I'm just going to hit you harder. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any damn sense. Right. Right. It just, you, you, got, you know, I say, like, yeah, you just got to have a, a better uh, explanation with using these guardian caps because I've been seeing it since the high school level. I coached high school for years. And when it started there back in way back in 2012, and it's now, like I said, you got to have a good exclaimer on that. This is how we use them. This is what they're the purpose for to bring down less contact, but not to use them in contact, things like that. So I say as a coach or whoever buying them, do that part of it, because if you don't, it's guys like something, you know, like yourself that don't be like, look, okay, I see this is going to protect me. I have to go a little harder. I can still do my, my, I can still do me on the football field and on the practice field, get ready for the game. Just like, Hey, you got knuckleheads out here. You got to make sure they're listening right and doing it properly. That's what I would, all. what I would say is this, man, like I, I yeah. taught, like, you know, I, I taught technique in the yes. NFL. I teach yep. technique to players now, right? It was blocking and tackling, you know, primarily. Yep. And so when you're working as a guy who works in blocking and tackling, you recognize that, you know, I, whether I'm on Instagram, watching videos, YouTube, whether I'm watching NFL practices, college, high school practices, a lot of these guys are still teaching old techniques or teaching techniques poorly are not teaching proper movement mechanics. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it's just frustrating for me because you see it in other, in other sports, they're doing it the right way. But in this sport, we continue to, Hey, instead of just learning how to teach this the right way, let's put these, let's put these mushroom caps on the top of everybody's helmet. And now we're going to use that as, player safety instead of teaching people proper movement mechanics that's great. that's what makes me angry great point great point right there i i hear it there and then that puts the head so get off my lawn with that just teach it right the first time instead of giving them basically an excuse to continue to hit because that's what that's all it's doing here so next next uh on uh get off my lawn we got kyla murray saga contract and the wording in the contract and obviously that brings up a lot of emotions a lot of different responses to that as well, Mike. So let's start off with your responses. I see the smile on your face. I, I know you're ready to fire. Go ahead. Well, no, this, this, this is another thing where we talked about him last year. Like, yeah, we talked about talent. him and, and yeah, great talent. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal talent. Um, 
I want to be really clear with this because it came out like I think Patrick Mahomes came out and he was it it, it turned into like a racial issue. Mm. Right. And mm. or, maybe I misread the room there, but it, it felt like it turned into because he started comparing like Kyler Lamar himself and how they have to maybe do more, which I'm not I don't, like that's that's not the point that I took from this. Right. And, and that's, everybody's going to take their own thing. Right. Yeah. And but, I can explain why I can answer that question after you're done. Yeah. But, and, but very specifically with this situation, this is a guy who said last year, like, I'm not going to be one of those guys who beats myself up watching film all the time. Cause I see so much on the field. Mm. His, his college coach, Lincoln Riley said, Kyler's not one of those guys that's going to watch a whole lot of tape because you know, he doesn't need to blah, 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 blah. You know, so it's like the precedent is there. It's an mm. embarrassment that it's in the contract. I, you know, I think Andrew Brandt came out and said, like, I have never heard of a self-study requirement in any contract ever in the National Football League. Right. Certainly, Patrick Mahomes does not have this. 100%. You know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they don't have this in their contract, right? No. So when you look at the the whole picture, right? The guy's a phenomenal athlete, number one pick in the draft, Heisman Trophy winner. I think he was number one pick in the Major League Baseball draft. He was number nine. He was nine, he oh. said. Okay, so, so so phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal player. You know, his competitor. Hasn't done a whole lot in the National Football League as far as winning playoff games and whatnot, but we can yeah. see the talent is there. Yeah. But scrubbed his social media. Agent put out some bad statements against the Cardinals. Like, the way he goes about his business, probably you and I wouldn't go about No. You know, I don't no. approve of it at all, to be honest with you. No. But this part of it, I just think it makes him look bad. I think it makes look the Cardinals look foolish. Yeah, and, and, and I think sides. it makes it makes him look bad. But you know, it, the guy, it's kind of laughable, right? Yeah, it, I agree with you on the on the intel end of that. Both both sides don't look good on this. I mean, you have something um, where I think it was misread, misunderstood, and then answering your first part of it, you know, how, how where with uh, Pat Mahomes it got racial, and I say. It only went, I say it goes there because the, that position has been under that kind of microscope for a long time. So that's where the race, the racial part of it, because they said that way back when that African-American players couldn't do quarterback because there's a lot of thinking, a lot of processing, things of that like nature. So as we know today, that's not the case. But with that one said, like you mentioned, I didn't know. I, I do remember some of his comments, like you mentioned, from last year. And those comments then make sheds light on the simpleness of what the team was thinking you know let's just put this in here because he's been known not to watch film his college coach said it other players and coaches said it so to them and they even said it you know what i think it's been taken out of context but you know what we'll move it anyway that's where it got you know lost in translation you know then and there's subjects like that that is very touchy and it only takes a a fine couple words to then bring you into that that arena there so i think that's where the I say a complete miscommunication, but also what I like, I agree with you here. I don't like, I'm not a player. I definitely not the player today. I'll be, if I was still playing today, social media would be used for posting great things with my family, like my kids graduating high school or whatever. I'm not going on social media to tell the world on why I should be with the team. I'm on, you know, talking about my football business, right? That's not happening. He did that. And it's like, wow. I was like, why? Do people feel the need on social media to exp- share their whole life, that life that shouldn't be told to the whole world? This is you do have you have your privacy. That's what we call that. We have that part that we can live, excuse me, um, and use it. 
to your ability. Keep it, keep it business when you're on social media. If you're a current player, NBA, baseball, Major League Baseball, Olympic athlete, whatever, keep it business. You're, you're doing a fundraising event. Shots of that. But when you get in contract wise, I'm not having that conversation on Instagram. OK, <laughs> I'm not doing that. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's just it's just it's so far removed from anything that makes sense to us. But and, and one of the things that like a Kyler Murray's got to deal with is Kyler Murray is a phenomenal talent. Great and, talent. He, and, and he's going to garner that kind of contract. And like I played I played with a quarterback in Carolina after Jake got hurt that. You know, the guy's a top pick in the draft. He he hadn't had he hadn't found the success he wanted. He was our backup. And he came in, he thrust into a starting role. And the only thing he could read is how to play the backside of the Halo box. Like mm. the dude didn't know like he didn't study, he didn't right. watch film, he just played video games all day. And on you know, his career didn't turn out the way he wanted to. Because he because didn't put the work of, in. Because because he wasn't willing to put the work in, right? But he wasn't the talent that Kyler Murray is, he didn't have the production. So he mm. was never going to have a contract where a team was like, Oh my God, we're going to literally sell the farm here to keep you around. We got to put something in here. We feel obligated to do something to let it be known that blah, 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 blah. Right. Like it's, it's, it's just like, there's, there's so many things that go into this, but I just thought it was, un, it was unfortunate. Like it's, yeah. it's a funny talking point, but it really, it really yeah. is. If I was him, like I'd be, I'd be, I would have fired my agent the minute he told you when you get on social media and badmouth and scrub all of it. Yeah. But like, I, I would be like, dude, how did you possibly let this happen? Like, there's no, there's no coming for me. If it's my tough. agent does this, like, I'm like, bye yeah. bye. This is, this is a tough, this is a tough yeah. uh, conference or a tough thing to happen. So yeah, let's. Uh, so we got yeah, Kyler doing this thing and get off my lawn with that man. This uh, handle your business. Hopefully, he could come out, play great football like he's been, get that team to the playoffs. Yes, that's the hope for him. So now we're talking to a guy who's done it. Me, you know, he's nine Pro Bowls, two Super Bowls, one one lost one, and and with him coming out now, I was like, is that his own jersey? I seen because I saw what he's put in here that we're about to talk about. But yeah, this uh, I would hand it off to you to finish off. But my man Russ, what is Russ doing in Denver, and what is like getting off my line material for you right now? Ag, I, this guy on the surface. And I know that you 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 have a relationship with him. On yeah. the surface, he seems like the kind of guy that everybody should be rooting for, and you should just you know adore. And, and he's a this new leader. And mm-hmm. I tell you, man, he is so hard to like. He's so because he seems right. he seems so desperate for attention and validation. And he he shows up in his own jersey, he, his right. own game day jersey to training camp. Yeah. He's, he's driving this truck that like he needs a stair step for. It's like, you're, what are you? That's a military grade truck. Compensating for. True. And then, and then he, I, I I'm not going to direct quote him, but he said something to the effect after, and it, because of the Kyler Murray thing, he said, "Well, I'm the kind of guy that if you ask me to do X, I'm going to do three times X because I'm I'm that kind of hardo." And you're mm-hmm. just like, dude, I don't understand why in every turn you have to keep being this person. And I remember Richard Sherman and some of these guys would be like, man, I, you know, you would, it, rumors would come out in Seattle. Like they do not like this kind of really posturing yeah. all the time. Right. And it's like, but you know, Pete, Pete's there mm-hmm. and he's so positive and he's so genuine. And you just thought like, man, this kind of works. And now every time I see this guy, whether he's doing his like two hour workout 
on camera before the game to let everybody know that he's working, even though he can't play to his off season stuff, to this stuff. You're just yeah. like, dude, I just don't, I, I mean, he's just, you know, he's just not my cup of tea, I guess, man. It's, just, right. it's bizarre to me though. It's like, dude, you're this, you're so successful. Why do you need so much validation? It's crazy. Mm. That's, a, that's a good question right there. You know, I, I say the only thing I could say it is that meeting him and having that conversation with him, it doesn't surprise me he makes these statements because he wants to be that guy, that good guy, like that, that the best player basically on the team. Great leader. Um, but to everybody else, there is, like you said, for yourself and other people, I get it. I can see it because it becomes a little bit annoying to the point of the like the social media stuff. That's where I feel he's reaching. When you're on Instagram, when you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, TikTok, you're doing the motivational talk. And I'm like, you have it already, bro. I'm like, I, you have it. You're there. What else is you are you getting out of this? You know, is my question to him. Other than that, I mean, I know I personally met him, had a great conversation with him. And I told I was at the rookie premiere, his rookie premiere in Los Angeles. And I told the next person, it was a former player, I can't remember who it was. And I said to them, if Seattle doesn't win a Super Bowl, maybe two with him, it's all coaching. And they got one. So um, that's how I see it. But yeah, the little, the social media part, like the social media for me, kind of like you too, Mike, I use it for business when I need to promote my, you know, my, my stream, when I'm streaming, when I need to put my, my university, Lakeland esports, I'm all, all about it. But, and my family, if my kids graduate, I'm posting that family picture. But outside of that, that's where it's, it's boom. I'm off of there. So it, it's a different generation. That's what I'll say to you, buddy. We ha- <laughs> it, we have to, uh, you know, we have to kind of pick and choose who we're going to root for and root against. Yeah. In the league. Exactly. And there's no, like, there's, there's no superheroes and villains or anything, but like, you know, it's like these last two guys that we just talked about in, under any other like circumstances, I would be huge fans of both of them. Yeah, because they're great players. Because they're great players, they're fun yep. to watch. They're dynamic. They're, like they're exciting, and and like some of the stuff they do, it makes me like, am I going to root against this team now? You know what I mean? Like, I, I <laughs> it's just it's Whoa. it's just make it like he they just make it tough to be like, man, I really hope you do well this year. It's like right, yeah, yeah that's all you look for. You just hoping for that, hoping for that. But uh, normal stuff now. We're talking about a normal situation, a normal padded practice. So Josh Allen. Oh, come on. He, like, like, bro, come on. Now, if you with us on the football field, we already know, I already know what you're saying to him. So we got Josh Did Allen. Did you see gets, this? Did you see the, the I watched video? the video. Yeah, okay, I watched so, the video. So tell so, yeah, explain the video for, so for in the video. Yeah, for people that have not seen the video of Josh Allen running a padded practice, a goal line drill. He gets in the end zone. He gets a little contact from the defensive tackle um, there. And he gets mad. He pushes him. He mushes him in the face. And then it starts a whole scrum brawl. And in the video I watched, him, I think it was the main one on Twitter, the fan, he could t- I could tell the fan is on Josh's side, the way he's using his tone, talking about get him. I'm like, bro, no, 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 no. Hey, Josh need to be ready for that. He is a scrambling quarterback. He needs to be prepared for that, even if it's his teammates in practice. Day one pads. You got to be ready for that, bro. And I would tell him that to the, I said, Josh, calm down, relax. You, 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 you bigger than me and you running the ball. Just know that I'm 220. He's like 236. Okay. Like, bro, stop it. I'm a veteran too. So I'm gonna be like, stop it. Young bug. Get back in the huddle. Shut it down. Like, come on. Two, you know two, what's going two on. Two things, man. Welcome to the NFL in 2022. And 
Yeah, it, I mean, not much like, to be said. Like, Josh, you are going up against a guy. I actually know Jordan Phillips. Mm-hmm. He's like six five, three hundred forty pounds. He's a big tackle, yeah. Like, like this is one of those deals where I always look at it this way. Like, and I know people think about things differently, right? But I always look at it this way: if I'm willing to fight you on the field. That also means I'm willing to fight you in the locker room. 100%. Right? And so he's, this one doesn't pass the smell test to me because I just know that Jordan Phillips might have the advantage if they go locker room, locker room. And so anytime a quarterback goes tough guy, it's always kind of like, yeah, are you no. sure, man? Are you sure? You know? Because I think you're, I, you know, it's like, get him spiky. Like, you know, you have five people in front of you. Like, yeah, 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 you know? Right, right. It, 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 two scenarios pop up to, in my head. So the one a couple of years ago in the league, uh, I can't remember the name of the quarterback, but it was the Pittsburgh and the Cleveland game when the the fight happened with uh, Mason the yes with Mason Rudolph and, and uh, Miles Garrett and Miles Garrett when that yeah, went down. I thought, I thought Mason Rudolph. I already game. knew. I knew one hundred percent because I was at a we were I was at a sports bar. Me and my wife went to uh, I think uh, Burkle's right off of, right next to Stadium View here in Green Bay. I'm watching the game as a player. I already know in my head the quarterback talking shit. He's already said something. Miles Garrett's just not gonna go off like that. Right. On just because he got it, he got there late on a late tackle. He gets a flag. No, that quarterback says something to him right. to ignite that fight to happen to get him suspended. Everybody in the bar is like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what hold on? They let him walk. Okay, they about to replay First this of all, thing. Miles times. Garrett, you know how much Miles Garrett cares about Mason Rudolph? <laughs> Tell me, Mike. Miles Garrett's like the defensive player there. Like, that's right. Like, you know, lion, lions don't care about the affairs of sheep. Like, are you He's kidding a, me, dude? Yeah, like, Miles yeah. Garrett might care about Marquise Pouncey when he was like, who yes. ended up like back having his back. He might care about the offensive line or something. But man, you don't care about Mason Rudolph. No, nope, nope. So that was the one. That was the one scenario where yeah. it popped in my head when I saw this. And then number two was me. Now this happened to me in Green Bay. <laughs> you were here. Yeah. You remember Antoine Edwards, right? Oh, this is my favorite story. Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, you know this story. Yeah, so 01 training camp. I'm here for a year. We in padded day. It, it's probably third or fourth day for us. Guy's a little 10 minute on edge. He blitzes safety blitz. I pick him up. He blitzes the nine gap way outside. Mm-hmm. I do my job. Boom, boom. Mm. What's up, AG, man? What's all that extra? You know, I, I gave him a little shove. Just like, you know. But it's practice. This is rookie year. It was right. Uh, no, it's it's oh one. So he was drafted in ninety nine. It's like his third year. Say second or third. Okay. Second or third year. And you remember, he's a first rounder for Green Bay. Oh in yeah, he, yeah. What a so he so great he, human. He, great, you know. Yeah. So he blitzes. I do my job. Bounce him out the club. He kind of gets frustrated. He says a couple words to me. I'm like, you know, I'm ignoring. Him. I'm in practice mode. Like whatever, dude. Couple plays later, again he blitzes again. This time a, a gap in the middle, and I just boom, and I just bury him. And he's like, man, he's popping off at the mouth. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then to your point about uh, the kid up in Buffalo that he tackled. <laughs> so practice over. We're in the cold tub. Here comes Antoine. Oh, oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't. I, you're missing up the timeline in one in one thing. Okay. Okay. What's up? Because this is one of my, this is when I knew you were about. You like I I knew like things were gonna be okay when you got there, right? Because. Because we're all sitting on the sideline, and again, like we, you know, we had our six plays, or whatever. We go sit on the right. sideline, and you came off on the sideline. I don't remember you, this part. You took your helmet off, uh-huh. 
and you put your helmet to your side and you walked over and you put your open face into his face mask and started challenging his manhood on the sideline. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You blacked out. You completely I blacked, blacked out. out. <laughs> you completely blacked out. And everyone was like, I remember, I was like, oh, my God, like, he, he might kill him right here. And of course, and he, and he backed down. He backed down then. And he backed down. And then we didn't know about the part you're about to say. But that's yeah. when I was, that's why it's my favorite story. I was like, dude, you didn't, you took your freaking helmet off. It was like face mask to face. Wow. It just went right at him. Oh, it was so funny. I don't remember that part, but thank that's, you. Man. I honestly thought, I think that's the, that is the minute that he realized he does not belong in the NFL anymore. Right. Because the guys like me that are about that life. Because when so we so in the so Colts, go to the Colts up. Go so we Colts in the Colts. I'm. He's already in the Colts up, and he's still popping off at the mouth. Oh, he pushed me over. He's trying to be all big and bad. You know, da 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 da. He did this last year, and da 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 da. So I, I just quietly get in the Colts up. I got my headsets on, just like I have now. I'm bumping um 50 Cent. You know, I'm doing my thing. Poop Tupac is going, and I hear him. I, you know what? I turn my volume down just a little bit just to see if he'll keep going. Sure enough, he's still in there. You know, I'm, I'm da, 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 da. he's that. I know I turned in the cold tub. We still in the water. I turned around. I said, I will drown you where you want this to go right now, bro. I said, what's up? I said, leave it out on the field. I said, it's over. I said, practice is over. I said, but if you want to get drowned, knocked out in the stub right now, I will do it. And he just kind of like, oh, but yeah, I was like, nah, bro. You ain't about that life. I am right now. So what people don't understand, <laughs> what people don't understand about like, uh, different kinds of personalities Yes, is you, you, one of the reasons that I adore you so much is that you are one of the, you have one of the biggest smiles and, you know, just happy, you lucky, nicest person to be around. But man, when that switch goes off, bro, like it's legitimately, and I was 300 pounds. I was like, I mean, I, I'm not saying I was scared, but I was like, I'm very aware of what's happening right now. Like my awareness, right. level, my awareness level went up like a hundred percent when you got, when like your flip, Got your switch got flipped, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's just a totally different human being shows up. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be some problems. Yeah, I'm just I'm just um protecting my own. You had you, my, when my you've space. had enough, when you've had enough, enough's enough. That's but, it. That's it. I'm just and it goes back. You know what it goes back to, Mike? Is back my dad taught me this when I was a kid. He said, Look, this is you know, living in Los Angeles, California, South Central LA, 42nd elementary school. We got Crips, we got bloods at our school that are in the school. My dad said, look, if a kid picks on you, don't swing until he touches you. He's going to call. He's going to talk about me. He's going to talk about your mama. He's going to talk about you. You don't touch him because that's not a reason to fight you because somebody's saying words to you. He said, well, the problem is when they start touching you, now, if he hits you, you have every right to put him down. And he said it just like that. You have every if he touches you, I don't care if he just puts a finger on your face, you could break his finger right there. I said, if he touches you, he has you have every right to put him down, and that's how he, he said it, dead just like that. And that's a, that's been in my that's been in my brain since I was like six years old. So <laughs> I gotta tell you, so, so I, my, I think my dad told me a similar story, right. not the same story, similar story. But I gotta tell you, what, I can't remember how old I was. I must have been like uh, I must have been like in kind of like fifth grade, sixth grade, right. or something like that. My mom told me she said, if somebody's talking about me, you can go ahead and hit them. <laughs> <laughs> that's mama for you yeah, mom, was like, mom was like like dad's talking yeah yeah do, you know let him you know you gotta make don't make the first move and my mom right, was like right. if someone's talking about your mother you can defend her I was like okay. <laughs> yeah it's in that line it's in yeah, that line man. oh man so yeah these young bucks in training camp they gotta get their mind right Mike 
That's all. That's at the end of the day. That's what Josh Allen, Kyler, and Russell ain't. Oh, he just got to get his mind right. Hopefully, he's no. focus focusing on football. So get off my line with all that. And that's the end of the show, man. I want to say, Mike, a great talking to you today. This was a fun one. Um, hopefully, the fans will understand. Hey, we're just speaking from the heart, and it's just it is what it is. Uh, but we, we'll be back next week for another great show to talk about some more Packer training camp to see what happens. We got family night coming up this week, Mike. So it'd be that's just right. the stuff we used to do. Be like, man, this are they, is just do practice. they play now? Do do the do the do the first teamers play during family night? Remember, we used to have to do that vaguely. Like two series. Yeah, vaguely. Uh, like Aaron may be out there. He might be out here in his uh, civvies, basically. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, that was my least favorite thing we had to do. Yeah, he might be in civvies. But all the anybody that's a draft pick to first-year player, they're playing. And as they break it down now, where it's like, just like practice, practice. Like for us, it was a game. Like yeah. now they, they go individual drills oh, out right. on the field. Then they get to team drills and then whatever is up red zone two minute move the ball whatever they do all that now for family night it's just for us it was like a full game we get out there warm up kick the ball off and all that so now it's like pra- uh, complete practice out on lambo field uh today and uh, uh this friday night so that's what's going on this week man so yeah hope your week goes well hope everything is good for you and your family and man you can find oh me forget this is where you can find me amon green 30 30- Twitter and Instagram, all one word. Mike, let everybody know where you can find where they can find you at. Yeah, but Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram, AG, man. It's always fun. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.